So what's up, podcast world? Welcome to another episode of the Church Voice Podcast. All right. Um, I'm Pastor Spencer Davis. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Pastor Tyler Rhodes. What up, y'all? All right. And the man on a mission. I don't know why I want to call him that, but the man on a mission. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll I mean, take it. Hey. It's a pretty good definition. Yeah. yeah so yeah, the I'll man on the it. mission, Jonathan Abernathy is with what's us. What's up, guys? He's back. Yeah. What's up? So um, I have a feeling you're going to be a semi-regular guest on the on the podcast. So yeah, as long as y'all have me, I'll be here. Yeah. Hey, we might we might even have you remotely sometimes, you know. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. On the celly or something, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. But but we are here with another episode for you guys. Um, and so, again, our mission for the Church Voice podcast is building the body of Christ through a variety of voices. And so what we do is we we like to try to draw from these historical voices um, from the past. And we've got a we've got another hitter today and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but yeah, so just, just church voices from the past and we want to learn from them. But, uh, but yeah, so how are you guys doing before we get into our, our topic? How's, how's the day going? It's Friday here in the office. Oh, and by the way, we're, we're here at Christian Center Church, South Bend, Indiana. We are completely sponsored, supported and recorded at Christian Center. So, um, be sure to go to Christian, yeah, christiancenter.org if you want to check us out there, um, or check out the church. So, but anyway, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. Well. I don't want to answer for you, my yeah. bad. We're doing good. Hey, there's no need for him to talk. Just kidding. <laughs> but no, we're doing good. Yeah, I, I'm pretty tired. I don't know about y'all. Mm. I mean, it's just it's Friday. Yeah. Um, I will say that tonight, uh, our family and their family, we're going to Metro Diner. Man, they've I've, they've never been. Oh, so bro. we're gonna hit that spot the up. Chicken show and waffles. <sighs> See, I'm excited because there's a place in Phoenix called Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. Yeah. And they are incredible. Yeah. And I haven't had it since then. Really? So I'm ready for it. See, like, honestly, I don't, and, and I'm just going to keep it real. I, I like Metro Diner, you know, but like it's, I mean, it's, it's really good chicken and waffles. But when I had, when I went there and I had the cornbread waffle, that was a game changer. I've never even heard of that. I had neither until I until I got it. And it didn't even come with chicken. It was like something, some other dish that they had or whatever, but it came with a cornbread waffle. Bro, cornbread waffle, it was incredible. And I just put like normal syrup on it or whatever, but yeah, it was it was fire. So you got you're you're in for a treat if you haven't been to Metro Diner. So I like their shrimp and grits. I mean, I, I got their chicken and waffles, and it was delicious. Yeah. And I may get that again if I'm feeling that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I feel so it, fancy. If, if I'm, I'm feeling, feeling that, that way. way. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm feeling them chicken and waffles. <laughs> but I my favorite thing is the is their Charleston shrimp and grits. Yeah. Because they do the grit balls. Yeah. And, dude. I haven't had that. I haven't had that. I'm going to have to try that. You go, yeah, you got. We try. had, we had so like Christmas, um, at because we we do everything at my in laws because I don't have a lot of family locally, mm-hmm. you know. So we do everything at my in laws. But man, her family was in, and her her aunt, like, bro, she did the most incredible breakfast spread I've mm. ever had in my life. I'm about breakfast, uh, bro. I mean, it was it was biscuits and gravy, shrimp and grits. We did little souffle cups, you know, like. But the shrimp and grits, mm. bro, this shrimp and grits had me wanting to start a hustle. Like I told I told the family, I'm like, look, y'all, I don't think you guys realize what this shrimp and grits is like right now, but we can sell this on the street corner and like <laughs> and come up. 
like real quick. But anyway, so we're, we're grits. Yeah, we're food trucks. I was just about, about to say food trucks are like really I'm, in, bro. I'm telling so. you, and I told him I'm like, dude, just shrimp and grits, because you like, yeah, you can get it at Metro Diner, but there's not a lot of places doing shrimp and grits like that, mm-hmm. especially like on demand. That's all. Like I was like, if that's all we did, just shrimp and grits. One, it'd be super basic, super easy, but super delicious. So anyway, I've, I'm my my business brain is rolling on shrimp and grits. Sorry, you got me going. Hey, I'd like to get <laughs> in on that venture. <laughs> Just so I can be an investor. Yeah. I'm gonna invest and say, I'm gonna invest a very insignificant amount of money for the sole purpose of of being able to eat yeah. for my whole life for free. Bring one container of grits. <laughs> This is my investment. This is my investment. <laughs> this is all I have to give, mm. but it's enough. Yes, that's right. And Hallelujah. We, yeah, mm. yeah, and the Lord will multiply it. Mm. Mm. A hundredfold. Somebody mm. say. Come on. A hundredfold. Come on. Multiply my grits. Somebody say not 30. <laughs> Somebody say not 60. Somebody say a hundred. Hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Mm. All right, we're having too much fun. We got we got to we got to reel it in before it, before it goes far. I was holding back. Just yeah. to let y'all know, I was about to go I, I in, but I pulled back. Go. I'm yeah. like, let me let me reel. Let me just let me rein this in cuz we we can go to places we don't need to go. Um but so yeah, so let's let's get into our topic and talk about talk about something real um and and helpful I think for for everybody. Um but we're going to talk about we're going to talk about brother Lawrence today. And this is not someone, and I'll be honest with you, this is not someone that I I knew a ton about before we discussed him. I think I had heard, I might have seen his book, Practicing the Presence of God. I didn't read it myself. But um, but yeah, this is, so I'm going to just give that bio real quick like we do every week. So Brother Lawrence was, he lived from 1614 to 1691. All right, so quite a while back. Um, so he was born, and this is just some facts about him. So he was born kind of a peasant in France. Both of his parents were peasants in France. That's that's like that was a normal word back then, but it sounds so awful today. It's like he was born a peasant. Um, so he joined the army when he was in his twenties, and he fought in the Thirty Years' War. You can look that up. Crazy war that ravaged Europe at the time. Um, he was injured in battle. All right, became lame it, pretty much for the rest of his life. Dealt with ailments from that, um, and so after, so pretty much from his trauma in the in the uh, in the military in the army, and like going through that war and just seeing what he saw, um, that really led him to the Lord. That really kind of led him to that place of of solitary and 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 um, just really connecting with with God. And so he became a lay brother in the I cannot say this word dis, discalced Carmelite monastery. I should have looked up how to pronounce it, but I didn't. I can't help you and your yeah, own on that one. No, that that but that's where that's where he spent most of his time, but he was a lay brother there um due to his lack of education, he couldn't join the clergy or whatever. Um and interesting enough, and this is where I'll I'll transition it to you. But interesting enough, he he pretty much lived and died in relative obscurity. Um, he wasn't like like we again. I think you guys, myself, now we're like, oh, brother Lawrence, brother Lawrence. But when he was alive, it, it wasn't it wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? He lived in relative obscurity. No one really knew his name 
when he was alive. And his book is actually a compilation of of conversations mm-hmm. and and letters that he wrote. And he became pretty pretty famous, pretty close. I, I mean, you know, in a few short years after his death, I mean, confirmed by the archbishop at the time, you know, and everything like that. There, so he his name really blossomed um, after his death. So I just thought that that was interesting about him, and and so that's a little bit about his life. But Pastor Tyler, you had something that you wanted to share. Um, I'm not going to call it a quote, but but something that he discussed with because priests would come and see him and they talk they talk to him and and everything like that. And these priests were just kind of like awestruck by the wisdom, knowledge, and information that 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 this that this man had in reference to his relationship with God. So share with us kind of the, that that story, that experience that you know that you wanted to bring up because we'll probably talk about this guy because I started reading. I have a quote book of like a hundred quotable Christians. And I went to brother Lawrence's page and I started reading. I got through the first page and I'm like, I turned the next page and then I turned the next page. And I'm like, wait, there's, there's too many quotes by this guy for me to get through it today. So, um, but go ahead and, and lead us into this first conversation about, about brother Lawrence. For sure. So like you said, his book practicing the presence was by far his, his most renowned book. Uh, people, like you said, ever since a few short years after his death, when when other people, this is what's cool, other people started publishing his works. He never did, never published anything. Um, that one is is by far been his bestseller. The one the one that I have, and I read just a little every single devotion or or slash conversation that he has with these priests. They're just a page long, sometimes not even, sometimes just a few sentences. Wow. And so I, I read this particular book. It's called Oratory of the Heart. And I, I read it every night before going to sleep, just a sliver of a page. And it, it I mean, it, it wrecks me. The way that he communicates things, it just, it reminds me a lot of Jesus, the way he uses metaphors and analogies and the way he does not explain what he's talking about. So if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with. You. I have to keep it all the way real with you. When when you sent me that, I had to like sit and say like, Lord, I know this ain't scripture, but but give me an interpretation because <laughs> right. I don't know what this is this right. this is saying. So, <laughs> but I just because I was sitting there, I'm like, oh okay, yeah, this is this is cool. But but again, as I thought about it some more, it yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. I I feel that all the time as I'm as I'm reading his stuff. So this is uh, what Brother Lawrence say, says in the midst of a conversation. The heading of it is called The Kindling of Love. And um, it's just a little metaphor and then uh, a little something he said right after it. So he said, One winter day, seeing a tree stripped of its leaves and considering that within a little time the leaves would be renewed, and after that the flowers and fruit appear, Brother Lawrence received a high view of the providence and power of God, which has never since been effaced from his soul. This view had perfectly set him loose from the world and kindled in him such a love for God that he could not tell whether it had increased during the more than 40 years that he had lived since. It's amazing. We could just Mm. stop right there and say, I'm done. Yeah, and just and if, let, if you understand it, yeah. And so break it, it down to us, please. <laughs> right, right. 
So this is both, and again, it, I have to say, this is my interpretation of it. Because again, he doesn't explain, even if you keep reading on that page, there is zero explanation as yeah. to exactly what he's talking about. And the author doesn't give any either. But as as I have, have read and dwelled on it, and I would love to hear what you like, guys think. Okay, like I have to keep... So he's literally just saying, hey, I looked at the trees and the trees ain't got no leaves and they'll have leaves again. Man, God is good. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what it was like for me. So yeah. so give us give us your interpretation. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he said, OK, God is so good mm-hmm. and I love him so much in this moment that I don't know in 40 years of serving him if my love for him is increased at all. And it just blows your mind the how he was awestruck. Uh, by God in that moment. But I think that this is a metaphor for two things, both conversion uh, and sanctification or, or personal personal growth, spiritual growth, those kind of things. And here's why I think that. Because he's saying he's looking at this tree, and, and in the winter, the tree in its current state is dead. It's not producing anything. Really, it's, it's, it's a time of, of purging, deadening. Things are falling off the tree. But then he notices that at at some point before we ever notice it on the outside, there's a change on the inside of the tree that that begins that process of renewal so that the leaves and fruit will appear after that. And to me, you sit there and you look at that. It's such a mysterious thing, the changings of the seasons and how we see all the time. I mean, we're we're in winter right now as this is being recorded. In February, we see all these trees dead, and at some point before we are ever able to notice it with our naked eye, a renewal is happening on the inside of the tree that will affect the outside of the tree so much that the leaves and the fruit will appear. Yeah, and that it's the same way in a person that conversion and sanctification—it's mysterious. Mm-hmm. It's mysterious. It's not something that we can make happen. You can repeat the sinner's prayer after me all night long there's still something mysterious that happens that the Holy Spirit sets off this renewal on the inside of us and that that's where this conversion happens. Jesus called it being born again. I mean, we, we just can't make that happen. Yeah. And Nicodemus in John 3 was even shook up when Jesus was saying that because he's like, okay, so how can someone enter the womb a second time? And Jesus doesn't say, no, 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 you don't get it. No, he just keeps talking. Right. He's like, the wind blows where it wishes. And we don't see it, but we hear it sound. It's mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> it sounds just like Brother Lawrence. Yeah, like, bruh, please. <laughs> so in those moments when he does explain the parables, you're like, thank goodness. But in the very same way, it is a mysterious work of the Spirit in the heart, both in someone being converted and saved and in someone continuing to be conformed in the image of Jesus. And so that's something that, as we talked about this quote, that's something I knew that we wanted to hit on was the reality of the work of the Spirit, mm. that it's not self-help, it's not self-improvement, it's not five steps to change your life. It's submitting to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and just kind of allowing that work to take place. So hopefully that'll be a good spot to, to kind of have you guys jump off on that conversation of you know the Spirit's activity and those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's it, it's a great jumping off point, but it's also like what 
what can you say about it? Um, the first thing that I thought of when you were when you're when you're looking at the analogy of the tree and all was Romans 12, and it says, Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Nobody sees that process. Yeah. That's that's, that's with good. that's within you. You know, nobody sees the process until the actions have been changed by the renewing of the mind. And I feel like that's what was going on with him because it was much more than a metaphor to him. It was life changing. It was a yeah, conversion. Right, right. He looked at it and was like, I, I, ha- I have to become so much more intimate with the father. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that was his goal. Um, and I, and I really feel like that is so difficult for us now because, you know, he had put himself into a place where, you know, regardless of what he was doing, it was constant communion with God, Con- regardless of what he was doing. And so that he was able to really transform his mind into a, a habitat for the father to dwell. And from that came everything. I'm talking like, you know, cooking, which I know that we were probably hit on, you know, how much he hated it. And he would say, I had a great aversion to cooking. That's or, exactly what he would say. He would say. say a great aversion to cooking or running errands or talking. He 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 actually would say, like, I, I acted as if there was no one in this world save me and God. And and all of this stems from that account from the tree that he saw and was like, it looks dead, but at some point that life is going to come again yeah. and it all stems from the father. It just blows my mind. So I, I mean, it's a great jumping off point, but I'm going to need help navigating it as well. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is when you think about him saying that in reference, cause, cause if I'm not mistaken, that quote was, but if the way that I read it was before, cause after, after what you read it, it, it said the the whole 40 years thing or whatever, but that, that quote in that moment was before his his you know lifelong service in Correct. the in the monastery yeah so when you think about him saying that and then and then pretty much accepting this level of essentially obscurity he's he's lame in the physical went through ailments went through seasons um if i'm not mistaken he was he was a cook for a while but then he got he couldn't cook anymore because of his ailments and he had to go to making sandals or, you know, in, in the monastery and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So again, obscurity, difficulty, issues. And the thing that jumps out to me is in, in even in reference to this tree thing, because I've had those moments where you and, and and it's so funny that we're talking about this because I've had those moments where it's a moment of questioning personal growth and then and seriously and I'm not I'm not trying to be like you know pie in the sky type deal but but I've had those moments of questioning my own personal growth and and look and 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 looking at a tree and saying okay this the seasons are necessary and all the while I'm look you, we're looking at that tree and all the while no matter what season it is it's still growing mm-hmm. no matter if it doesn't have leaves on it or not, it's still growing. And I think like that, and even the small tree, you know, it, they don't, growth is incremental. Growth is, is little by little growth is and, and I think that's something that brother Lawrence grabbed a hold of. And, and it's crazy because you see the product of this, this 40 years of obscurity, this 40 years of, of intimacy, this mm-hmm. 40 years of denying himself, this 40 year, and then you know, there's 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 glory in that. Obviously, with, with you know where he's at now, 
but but also in in someone being able to say, oh wait, that that guy got it, you know. And so just just thinking about that that small incremental growth when we think we're not growing. Mm-hmm. When we think that 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 God is not doing in so, something in our lives, whether it's snowing or whether it's sunny or whatever, mm-hmm. that tree is always on the up and up. That tree is always growing. The base is getting wider. The roots are getting deeper. And again, we can't see it. I've never seen a tree grow in my life, but I know they get bigger. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it makes a lot of sense. And and here's why I love what you're saying, connected to what what Brother Lawrence is saying is that in this moment, his life was changed. And like you said, we've all had those moments where, boom, in one second, God changed everything. But he didn't live moment to moment. He didn't live experience to experience to experience in the way that we kind of do. So we live, we have a moment that changes everything, and then we just kind of hang out, hoping and praying for another moment that changes everything. For that same moment. Exactly, exactly. But what he said is he said that one moment conquered me with the love and goodness of God. The power and providence is the word he uses. I was so conquered that I don't know in 40 years of serving him. And again, in the monastery, he made it his goal. And you mentioned this and you mentioned this, Jonathan, that his goal was to always be aware of God's presence, to always be with him, to live life with him totally and completely. So that when he does go to glory, nothing changes. He's still, mm-hmm. he's just with God all the time. Right. And then he goes to glory and is just with God all the mm-hmm. time. That that one moment changed him so much that he he looked at this priest and said, I don't know if I love God any more right now than mm-hmm. from the start because I've been so conquered by him. That's not moment to moment. That's moment to life. Yeah. And as we go through life, are there other moments? Yes, there are. But we don't have to live this existence of like, mm-hmm. you know, like between sips of water. That we mm. can have the living water on the yeah. inside of us all the time. And I think the American church is plagued by, and the word we often use is breakthrough. Every service has got to be a breakthrough moment. For You're going to get your break. No, I'm exactly, sorry. <laughs> exactly. No, but but really, yeah. Yeah. no, really, yeah. seriously. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, yeah. It's funny, but that is that is yeah. exactly yeah. what it's like oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like actually. If we just lived life with God, those breakthroughs would naturally happen. Yeah. But again, we would look back and say, I, I didn't have to have those moments. Right. I did because God is good, and he continues to conquer me with who he is, and I stand in awe of him. But I did not have to have that because I'm with him all the time. Right? Yeah. And I think, would it be a fair assumption to be like, in order for that personal growth to happen, you have to be rooted in something just to go along the lines of the imagery with the trees. Yeah. And I think what rooted him in that moment was so yeah, cap- let's break down what, this tree. Th- I mean, because like, you can go yeah. so many places just yeah. with this illustration. Was, was captivated. And I, I, I tried to, because I, I read it and I was like, all right, so what, if if I'm in his shoes and I'm having that revelation, what what am I going to do? Or what? How, how does that affect my mind? And I tried to write it down and I'm still changing it in my mind even as I'm reading it. But it's this personal growth and I don't want to say happens. I'm, I'm just going to say it's directly connected to when you start to lay the foundation or the roots of intense intimacy with the Father. So you have to be rooted in intense intimacy with yes. God. And I think that is what scares many Christians is that intimacy, intense intimacy, not just, you know, like, of course, you know, I'm super close to my wife, but intense intimacy means vulnerability. It means incredible, you know, 
uh, openness and 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 the ability to just be consistently with this person throughout your entire life. And I think he saw that and he was like, I'm going to be rooted in this intense intimacy. That way, whatever I do, how I grow is going to come from this intimacy. And what's even funnier is like back in South Georgia, where I'm from, uh, I went to a school for, for about 10 years, K through nine. So I think that's 10 years. Um, and it was about agriculture. It was a magnet school. So it was a, a forestry and environmental sciences. And they actually, you know, we would get to see a lot of, you know, logging and a lot of stuff around us. Um, and just um, the economy as it is with forestry and stuff like that. And what's funny is sometimes trees, you know, have to have help in the direction of their growth. So you would actually see these like wooden poles or yeah. planks or stuff yeah. on the sides of trees when they're younger and like tied together to keep them going up. And And, and I just find that there's so much imagery and so much analogy that can be connected to the you know the tree and and what's going on and I've I'm being honest like 10 years of my life was connected to this stuff and I haven't even give a second thought until we started reading about brother Lawrence yeah, yeah. and the connection he's making is like okay well so what was helping me with my growth what what's what what kind of roots are there because there's different kind of roots with trees and right. there's these surface level ones that I fear that I really fear is Christianity today, super easy, like I think they're called grassroots. You know, they're super surface level. They produce something, but easily pulled up. Or is it like oak roots? That's like, you gonna have a time and a half uprooting this yeah, tree. where the root goes about as deep as the tree, tree sits high. Exactly, yeah. you know? Um, so it's just, it's just blowing my mind that out of everything, and really, like you say, it reminds me so much of Jesus, how he, Jesus would even say, listen, I'm not doing anything the Father doesn't tell me to do. Yeah. Like, and I'm not going to say anything he doesn't tell me to say. Mm. It was complete intimacy. Yeah. And that's where I feel like he's oper he was operating out of and yes. trying to get, and I feel like that's not, I don't feel like that happens almost at all in yeah. the church today. Well, and, and when you think about personal growth, because here's the thing, this is the Church Voice podcast. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. All right, because... We got to think about, and so it's difficult for us to think about personal growth within within the context of belonging to Jesus, and that's how we've got to think. Because because here's the thing: it's easy to to put my person put my Christianity mm -hmm. inside of my personal growth. But I again, it's almost like the drawers, and you know, we had a conversation a while back. But I have to put my personal growth within my within my Christianity. You know, and it can't be the other way around because because taking and again we're 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 observing and, and breaking down Brother Lawrence this this quote, but but again going back to that obscurity, most times we don't want the obscurity; we want the recognition, mm -hmm. and so in our personal growth journey, we want to be recognized rather than obscure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like so so. We'll either hinder or we'll get ahead of God or we'll do we'll we'll be doing things that we have no business doing, trying to grow, but not really trying to grow, more or less trying to be recognized. Because here's the thing, even again, going back to the tree, you can't make a tree grow any faster than what it's growing. Well, I mean, the seed can't even grow unless it's buried. Right. The, the seed that's exposed gets plucked up. You right? you can't there is no miracle grow for for a full-size tree. Like that, that tree is going to grow at the pace in which it grows, period. Like 
I don't, I mean, and again, I'm not in agriculture. I didn't Mm -hmm. go to agriculture school, but from my understanding, you're not going to speed up the process of a tree. Mm -hmm. And so we have to understand that, that number one, God might, the Lord might ask us to remain in obscurity for our own development. The Lord might ask us to do things that we don't want to do, like cook in the monastery, you know, when we don't like cooking or, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I and I picked up your phone, if you can log, log back in for me, because I wanted to read that second part, because this is an important part. And this is what I'm trying to get at, mm-hmm. is that after what you read about the tree and, and what he said, it, it says in, in the page that you sent me, it says, this view had perfectly set him loose from the world and kindled in him a love for God that he could not tell whether it had been increased. Did you read that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you did read that. He read that. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm reading it again. Yeah. I must have missed that. Go but, ahead. but, yeah. but, but, but the, the the dismissal of the world. And so, yes, I think that the Lord wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. He wants us to to do great and mighty exploits. You know, but at the same time, a part of that is is renouncing the world and and allowing that process within us you know through through the disciplines through whatever it takes or even through doing something mm-hmm. that we don't like doing you know like i remember working i i cuz i have i wasn't always a pastor here i worked maintenance for i think i i mean i just i just became full time in in kids ministry but i worked maintenance for a long time i'm going to keep it real I did not like maintenance. I didn't. I didn't like I like when I when I got to mow the grass in the summertime, like on the big mower, that was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't doing that, I did I didn't like anything about maintenance. Mm-hmm. And 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 I had to I I had to wrestle through that mm-hmm. for so long. And it wasn't until my my heart was changed towards what I was doing on a daily basis here at the church doing maintenance and yeah I was doing ministry part time but I want I want I'm going to keep it real I wanted to do ministry full time mm-hmm. but and I did not like maintenance but it wasn't until I changed my heart toward what I was doing toward even toward who was in charge me and Sean used to butt he- that's our maintenance director we used to butt heads but it wasn't because of him it was because of me and so I had to I had to be okay with that obscurity and it's like God if I if I work maintenance for for good it is what it is but I, but I, the, the amount that I grew and had to grow and as uncomfortable as that was, no one saw it. No one knew it. No, you know, every, every once in a while there would be a, an instance or whatever, but the amount that I grew in, in, in relative obscurity, mm-hmm. according to my standards and maybe even according to the world standards and according to what people were looking at, like, oh, you're just working maintenance at a church. It's like, no, I know God's doing something else, but when the time comes, the time comes, you know? So it's just, again, just an example. I just, I, I wanted to bring that home, you know, for, for even just me personally. Right. And that's, and I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And there was something that I was, that I was dwelling on while listening to you. And it was this, is it possible to even when a person becomes recognizable if they even do because that's not that's not guaranteed no for everybody yeah. and nor should it really exactly. be our desire exactly. necessarily right. exactly you know and, and again i'm 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 guilty of it like Same. we we have these these grandiose thoughts and but i but i just we we all get there 
Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's, but again, that's what personal growth in the secular world teaches us is that we have to be seen. We have to be noticed. We, you know, you seek know, out a platform, seek out a platform, yeah. uh, you know, capitalize on that platform, do this, do that. Your name is great. You need to get like, and it's like, I don't know if that's, if that's the place that we should be as Christians. Right. Th- this is, again, there's a whole nother podcast for personal growth somewhere out there, <laughs> but a- as, as the church, I don't know if that's the place we need to dwell. Right, exactly. And so this is what I was thinking, that is it possible for even if a person becomes recognizable to still consider yourself obscure? Yes. Because... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I'm thinking, and there's so many places we could go scripturally, but I'm thinking of what Paul said to the Colossians in chapter three. Your life is hidden, hidden. I was gonna, yeah. with Christ in yeah. God, hidden. And I, I love that phrase. It's good because what if, no matter what direction our lives take from here on out, we always consider ourselves hidden because mm. that's what we are. Mm. And oftentimes you'll hear pastors stand up to go before they preach. And I've done the same thing. And they'll say, Lord, during their prayer, hide me behind the cross. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking now I'm thinking, okay, yeah. I, I've never thought that then I've, yeah. again, I've said that. And it's not that that's a bad sentiment, but I'm thinking I should have been hidden the whole time. Yeah. And I shouldn't wait till right before I'm about to speak that's to good. say, hide me behind the cross. That's good. My whole life should be hidden. But that's our mentality though. Sometimes most of the time, Almost all the time. And I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. You know, when it's it's like it's like we want to be humble when everyone's watching. Exactly. And that's so like that's so scary when you when you think about it, you know, is that we want to like have some semblance of humility when everybody's yeah. watching when we should we should live that way. And again, Brother Lawrence, he lived that way. Yes, and like the and, and 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 it's crazy to think to in my mind that that it was priests coming to him like I've got to talk to this guy. Wasn't got, there like a cardinal or something that went to him yeah, too? Or yeah, it was it was some high up people yeah. who were like this cook at this monast this this lame lay cook at this monastery had these ministers coming to him and again ourselves as ministers. Like we, that's where we get sometimes where it's like the, the, the person who, who, and again, he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to be a minister. He was, you know, he, he didn't have the education, so they stuck him in the kitchen, you know, but, but how often do we need to, do we need to learn from those situations and from those people who are, who are just, who are just living and and walking this thing out, you know? I agree. And, but. I think another to tie back into the personal growth. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about, I really feel like paradigm shifts because, uh, and you brought it up and you, uh, Spencer and you, and you as well, Pastor Tyler. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of paradigms that have to be shifted in our minds because I think one thing, Pastor Spencer, you talked about was, you know, there's another personal growth podcast out there. And, and even so what we think of as, as the church today, um, and I say that as like the body of Christ, um, as the body of Christ today, but, um, personal growth can't happen without personal death. Like that's, Amen. that's, Hello. yeah, that's like it, it cannot. And mm. I, and just to read Jesus's words, mm. he says, I say to I'm you, sorry. unless, <laughs> unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Well, and, and that, and he was talking about himself at that point, but even as us, you know, 
there are multiple scriptures that talks about, listen, you have to come to the point where you are dead and it's Christ living within you, Galatians 2.20. And it's from that paradigm shift that like if you're dead and it's Christ living within you, then you operate out of Christ's desires. You operate out of what he wants for your life. And so that means that, you know, the Christ living in with you, within you means the death of your desires, the death of your direction that you thought that you were going to have. That's good. And that's that's what makes Brother Lawrence's his his paradigm shift so incredible is because he saw it once. He saw that tree once and was like, "Yeah, my I'm shifted. I'm done." Like, yeah, like I'm gonna forsake for, the world for, from this point forward. I'm dead. And now it's this intimacy with God that I live after and everything flows from. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I was thinking too about what Brother Lawrence says, and I think this is this is going to tie everything back in to where we started about the work of the Spirit and newness and those, those kinds of things, is Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, new creation. creation. The old has passed away, That's so good. and behold, all things have been made new. Brother Lawrence looked at the dead tree and said, I know renewal is coming, mm. and that's what changed it. And so when we make ourselves like that tree, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and we know <laughs> renewal is coming, renewal has happened, and that's where the place of transformation is. And again, that's tying right back in to Romans 12 too, yeah. that that's where that transformation is in that renewal, that when we consider ourselves dead and obscure, <laughs> that Christ is what's going to exalt us. Yeah. And again, not in the way we view exaltation, of course, but he's going to exalt us, but, renew us, and transform us. Isn't that the mindset of him, though? He constantly said things like the least yeah. of these is the greatest exactly. in the yeah. kingdom of God. I yeah. mean, he always was kind of hinting or sometimes blatantly pointing yeah. out, like, unless you become like this child, you won't even enter in. Like, he's constantly taking these ideas of to be lesser in your eyes, like what, what he was talking to his audience, in your eyes, to be lesser is actually to be greater yep. in the yeah. kingdom of God. And, and he and he says it in those parables and everything, unless you die, unless you're like a seed and you die, you won't produce anything. Yeah. You'll just, it'll, you'll be alone. You'll just be one, one hash of wheat. You know, that's all you'll ever be. But if you die, you'll produce so much more. Yeah. And if we, I, if we live in that, see, here's the thing. I, I do believe that if we, we can live in that paradigm shift and in that mindset and, and, and don't be wrong. And we can still do things for God. Things can still happen. But like you said, pastor Tyler, it, it could it be that we, that we have to stay in that place stay in that place of, 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 of obscurity within ourselves, being hidden, you yeah. know, being hidden yeah. in, in our life. Cause our life is truly hidden with God in Christ because this isn't the life, you know what I'm saying? Like here isn't the life. And so like, again, just to make it practical, that's personal growth for the Christian is, is, is a, is a deeper, deeper denial of self and a, in a, in a more reverent and and deeper love for God, and I know that sounds that sounds silly, but that your growth comes from that. You you don't you you won't grow as a Christian because there's so. And again, I'm not trying to get on my soapbox, but there are so many Christians who are growing in all these other areas, but they're not really growing in their love for God. Mm-hmm. And again, I've been there. I go there if I'm not careful. But but we 
because we're we're putting God into our into our personal growth box and not our personal growth into God's box. Mm-hmm. But go ahead with what you were going to say, right. Pastor. Well, what I was going to say is that's exactly what Brother Lawrence is saying. It's not self-deprecation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not self-hatred. It's self-denial. Exactly. Yeah. Because the less I, the less John the Baptist said, less of me, more and more of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that is very simply what it means. Brother Lawrence isn't changed by looking at the tree renewing itself. He mm. sees the tree dead and knows the renewal is coming from somewhere else, and he knows it's coming from God. Yeah. And if we see that kind of renewal in nature, we also see that in us, that as we deny ourselves and we say, we say, okay, God, I, I want less of me and more of you to shine in me and through me, then that's that's where that change and that renewal will take place because there's there's a lot of Christians who hate themselves. And Paul even talks about that in That's true. In, in Colossians. He's yeah. saying, okay, these people, they have these festivals, these strict food laws. They're they're like, they're literally like cutting and mutilating their bodies to try not to sin. And he's like, that's not gonna help you curb self-indulgence. That's not what he's saying. And so it's important that <laughs> that we do make that point. It's it's not that, but it's just it's self-denial. That and it's weird that the more I deny myself, in Christ, I actually find myself there, 100%. who I really am and who I'm really meant to be. And Brother Lawrence says later on on this same page, he talks about going into the monastery that he actually went in to, to try to be fixed because he was yeah. disappointed with the way that he That's was. True. He said he literally says, I'm an awkward fellow who broke everything. Yeah. He's like, I go to the monastery to, to try to be fixed. And he says, I was disappointed. Because all I ever felt was satisfaction. Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This dude is something else. He yeah. is. He is. And I think, again, we if we can take anything from him, um, at least for today, because we're going to talk about this guy again. Um, but, but, yeah, it's just personal growth without, without deep personal relationship with God is pretty much nothing. You know, and it and that's that's where it's at. I think it's deception. It is deception. I think hundred percent. I think it's deception, and not not to jump into something else. I'm not going to go further into it, but because I think I think that's why you see so many things of like moral failures and these platforms that end up crushing ministers is because the foundation at which they laid it wasn't solely founded on the person of Jesus and intimacy with him. There was something else mixed in. And if you know anything about building, like you, you have to yeah. have like, like I think uh rebar. What is that? Like the metal yep. rods within the concrete yep. and all less something's going to have, like there's so many more steps to laying foundations than just mixing concrete and pouring it down. And I think that's what's happened um, with our mindsets about growth, personal growth is, oh, we, we'll just mix it all together and it'll set and then I can build. And then you get to a point where literally the pressure and the platform of which you've created crushes your foundation yeah. because it wasn't set in Jesus. It wasn't set. It wasn't hidden within him. He didn't set it himself. Well, the rebarb is like the roots of the concrete. Yeah. With, with, without it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, and and, and I keep... You know, I, I keep going to the trees and, and I keep thinking, you know, look at the trees today, guys. Yeah. yeah if you I'm get honestly, anything from this podcast, but look at the trees. But I mean, like even even that, like it feel it, like the Lorax. <laughs> I, I speak for the trees. But um, 
even if you go and, you, and and if you know, if you've seen, I can even now I'm starting to remember, they would be on the lookout early on in the tree's life. Like, does this tree have a bend towards, you know, attracting certain pests? Mm. Does the tree have a bend towards attracting certain like fungi or, or like things that would eat away at the tree itself? And, and and what's weird is like those pests and those fungi actually would disguise themselves as parts of the tree mm. so that people who weren't versed or reckon, you know, could look at the tree and not, you know, oh, that's just, you know, that's a black, you know, a black portion of it. that's just where the bark's darker, but it's not, it's black knot and it'll eat the tree away, mm. but it doesn't happen until the tree's more mature because it's slowly siphoning the life out of the tree. Wow. And I really feel like us, like, like what I, what I see from him is like God being the giver of that life in the tree. You know, we have to, are what's giving me my life? Is it, is it truly that, or is there something masquerading as it, but as I get older, it's actually siphoning me away. Mm. Is that what's happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Are you asking that's, is that what's, is that no, what's no, happening? No, no, no. I'm just saying like, that's, that's a yeah. personal question. Yeah. You know, even because there's so many things that disguise themselves. Oh, hundred percent. Because I don't know about you guys. Have you guys, do you guys wrestle with that? Always having to come back to come back to the point, back to the point, back to the, cause I, I know I have, and I'm just keeping yeah, it real, yeah. you know, where you get into these personal growth mindsets and it's like, you well, know, well, even brother Lawrence said it was a painful struggle yeah, to come back to this, you know, to that. He said, I struggled and I struggled and I had to, every time my mind would wander, I'd have to recall it back to God. And it was a painful struggle, mm. but he said, I succeeded. Like yeah. it's something that can be done. Yeah. It's possible, but he's, it is a painful struggle. Yeah. Because here's the thing, it's, it, and, and mind you, if you're listening to this right now, we're not we're not saying not to um, have a routine and, and do these things that that will will aid in your in your success or, or personal growth. But I guess remembering the source, remembering the 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 why, like what we talked about last week, in 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 making sure that. It's all stemming from that place that it that is giving you life. That is giving renewal. Exactly. That is renewing you no matter the season that you're in. We're not saying that we don't want you to grow in these other areas. But if it's if it's not, if the source, if the foundation, if the base of that growth, if the roots are not are not deep within Christ, it, it is it is really vain. It is and, it, and it's not and it's not true personal growth within the context of being a, a Christian. And again, I, I think we're all, we're all feeling that. I know I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, that mm-hmm. is exactly right because I have to battle that. I have yeah. to fight that. I have to stay in tune with him and, and humble myself and, and go through that struggle. And, mm-hmm. and, um, but it's, but it's worth it. And that's what personal growth is to the believer. Cause this is a believer's podcast. Yeah. This isn't a this isn't a secular podcast. This is a believers podcast for for believers in 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 their journey. So, um, man, that there's a lot there. Um, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna close it out. Uh, thank you guys so much for your input and your wisdom on on this conversation. Um, again, we are the Church Voice Podcast here at Christian Center Church. Uh, in South Bend, Indiana. Visit us at christiancenter.org. 
Um, you can find us on the watch or listen tab. You'll find the Church Voice podcast. Check out the church. Um, and and listen, I'm going to ask you guys, if you're listening to this, like us on Instagram. All right. We are. It's just at Church Voice Podcast, all one word. Um, and uh, feel free to subscribe, leave a comment, do whatever you do. But uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.